about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. everybody hello mike pace here <laughs> jeff garlock uh, here you are listening to worst gig ever um we are recording this in the wake of hurricane sandy which also means day 12 of my mother living in my apartment <laughs> yeah mike's picking up the pieces of uh no power yes uh, uh my mom uh, lives on long island and she came to brooklyn to stay with my wife and i and in fact actually heard she had power today drove out to the house there's no power just got home uh jeff just met her for the first time it was a very high school interaction <laughs> it was almost as if jeff witnessed my mom yelling at me which he wasn't really doing but uh we very just pleasant. We just wish uh, her the best and... And everyone <laughs> the best. Exactly. I should say, you know, uh, we should be, we're thankful neither Jeff or I lost any power. I did lose internet. That's only because the Verizon guy unscrewed the internet on the side of my house right. the day before the hurricane. I didn't have any problems except for the gigantic 80s style satellite dish that fell off the roof of the bar across the street from me. Bounced off a couple minivans. But other than uh, yeah, other than that, other than that, we're fine. But we 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 feel for everyone who is still struggling. Please, you, you know, donate. Donate to the Red Cross. I think you can text them. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the number, but redcross.org. Uh, you can find that, find, and if, you know, donate to your local place. Go do some work in the Rockaways. Donate exactly uh, toiletries, etc. You know what? We're you know what? I'm not going to donate, but I'm going to donate to the listener's mind. Genesis, and <laughs> is, then there were three. Is the 19th perfect segue? <laughs> Is the 1978 record by Genesis? It's called, and then there were three. We're talking about this today. Oh, this this because is because this is our dusty groove section. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, we're talking about this because I we both are huge Genesis fans, but I, I would certainly put them in my top five bands of all time. And and I uh, I, I will say that 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 Jeff kind of infused a new love. For Genesis, for me, I've owned all of their records for years, but never felt that I was ready to truly appreciate them, really, until this year. Right, and Genesis exists in such a special place. I mean, they're up there with Black Sabbath and Neurosis and the Melvins <laughs> and At the Gate. So, a weird company <laughs> yeah. that they live in. But for some reason, I realized the other day, I have never owned a copy of Then There Were Three, which is their 1978 record, where it's the first record where it's just the three of them. Yeah, uh, It had been lost. Uh, for some reason, I had mixed up like, because I owned seconds out and three sides live i had done some weird merge in my brain that i had uh, owned this and for some and i just never did even though i own you know probably 12 genesis records including bootleg lps that have songs such as follow you follow me that are on this jeff record. is a jeff is a true fan and 
it should be noted that that and then there were three is the record that that came out right before Duke, which was a pretty popular record for right. Genesis. It, it was really the in- introduction of their kind of smoothed over pop sound. But and then there were three is really it's it's very it's very dense. It's very proggy. Outside of having follow you follow me, which follow was the you, biggest hit just being at the time, a huge hit that's just shoved at the end and of a very our- a very simple very beautiful little ditty that. The fucking mechanic, uh, Mike. Fucking I don't know mechanics. why I'm so angry. I'm so angry. I need to do something about my anger. It's probably the most underappreciated uh, Genesis record. The beauty of I mean. this record is just like a lot of Genesis records. I was like, oh, I don't own it. Let me just go run yeah. to a record store and buy it for three dollars used. And don't it has it. beautiful artwork by the team at Hypnosis. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> artwork in that Mike Pace yeah. loves it for some reason, even though Hypnosis, the design team, says it's a terrible yeah, artwork. I don't know. I'm a big fan of this record. It's got some guys in trench coats smoking cigarettes it's, 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 uh, it's, with lights that are, you know, light trails. All in all, it's a great. It's so proggy. It's so insane. They've got a song about Little Nemo, which is nuts to me. You're gonna, you're gonna love it. I think the record. You're gonna like the way you look when you listen. Listen to this record. Okay. And speaking of this, today's show is really a doozy. We have the guys in tan lines, Eric and Jesse, on the show today. They funny guys. Funny we go, guys. We, I should, I should mention that Eric, the uh, guitar player and singer of Tan Lines, produced the last Oxford Collapse record. Uh, full one discretion. Of the, one of the, full discretion. <laughs> but these guys, these guys are burning up the charts. Uh, on some, some charts <laughs> they're burning chart up. that they're but burning. They, they tell some great stories about playing on boats and touring as a two-piece and playing, you know, electronic music and uh, I, I, it's a great episode. Yeah, it's great. So, so so listen to Tan Lines, and also, if you like this one, if this is your first time, listen to our other ones. You know, Email us at worstgigever at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Go to uh, Worst Gig Ever iTunes and like us. Put some comments on there. Go to worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com. We're building up a library of some pretty great episodes They're, and guests. They are fantastic. And so, the dog bark yeah, means, that means we are done. All <laughs> Let's right. go to Tan Lines. All right. I remember this time I was in West Virginia. <laughs> oh, the, uh, West Virginia. The old, uh, what was that called? The Railroad. Railroad. The Underground Railroad. Underground Railroad in Morgantown. By the way, this is the first time I'm using this, the handheld, because we've... we've uh, you usually use You this. guys, we, I usually use one of these. You don't usually have duos. No, we, duo? you guys are our second duo. The ah, first duo... First duo was, brought their own mic. Oh, you should have told me. I couldn't bring uh, mics. Did you have... Uh, I, would, I, I could have brought one. That's all right. Could we have recorded into the board? Place? No, this is it's a little this late is, now. We yeah. can reschedule. I have a condenser in my trunk. Hold on. This is the RS five thousand from never, Radio Shack. Never heard of the it. Shack. Um, <laughs> is, RS is that what RS? Radio Shack. Yeah, yes. of course. It's uh. Hey, they're still kicking. Hey, you figure it you out. Know? Let's welcome Tan Lines. Welcome to the Hi. studio. Hi, welcome Eric and Jesse. These guys, old friends. Good times. Doing new things. Good times. I like it. <laughs> There's a little facial hair going on with. What do you think of that? With this, I kind of it's a it's, it's a little French. <laughs> Good radio stuff. Where's right? oh, okay. <laughs> a little bit of a flavor saver for, for the a listener. French coaxie. <laughs> Eric M of Tan Lines is growing something on his face. It's what I do when we're not on the road. Okay, so yeah. you're not on the road right now. It's been, but you've right. been on the road for it's a while. It's his radio right? face. It's my radio. So, it's okay. so you could just point. Are you guys yeah. on the road now? 
Dang. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. it's good. Take a look. Throw it out, <laughs> twist it, and then wear like a wide brim hat. I need some of that. And then it'll, it, it's it's a little it's a little off Broadway right now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a little look, but I Broadway uh, Williamsburg Broadway. I'm going yes, for exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's a little Broadway G stop. But listen, we've been wanting to get you guys on the show for a while. Yeah, we're here. We're going to talk about some some more shows, our history. Maybe your back history that a lot of people may maybe don't know about. Mm-hmm. The fact that we've got this third guy in the studio here. Oh, Patrick, welcome. <laughs> the new, uh, for the listener, this is just... A little something messing okay. with our braids. We got cool. a packed house back yeah. here in the green room. We have an audience. I want, I want to talk about, like, uh, testament to the, the title of the show, Worst, Worst Gig. Just get into it. Mm. You guys are on a roll right now. Things are going great. Probably Getting a lot of good gigs. A lot of good gigs, I would I would say, as of late. Well, <laughs> no, you know, yeah, you know no. what it's like. Sure, you know, you know what it's you, like. It, there's yeah. good ones and bad ones, and they're the ones what you think are going to be good turn out to be bad, and yeah. the ones you think are going to be bad turn out to be good. What's a what's a what's a bad tan lines gig nowadays? Um. Well, you know, the. Uh, not getting to play. That's right. Yeah, Pat, <laughs> that's that, that, that can be ha- bad. Yeah, we yeah. went to Chicago recently. We're, we travel. There's you t- three of us. Okay. Travel. Eric, myself, and Patrick, who's sitting here, who worked on our album. He does our live mix. He's okay. our he's our off mic partner. Okay. Got it. You're the Theo Van Rock. In Rollins' bad terms, <laughs> he was the sad guy of Rollins' bad. Well, he it's always you have to adjust your references for tan lines. Yes. I, I know it's a, for the know, listener. Core guys, Theo Eric Van might Rock. get that, but I don't. Theo Van Rock. Uh, he was the sad guy of Rollins' bad. And uh, they uh, likes to make him. They made him an official. The member bass of the player band. of Rollins' band was a huge Ween fan, and Andrew went on Weiss. to play. Andrew Weiss went on to play in Ween. Uh, at okay. one point in Andrew time. Andrew West, not Jewish. Ha- <laughs> Wait, he's not? Surprise. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think, no, I think yeah. he is. Well, this is... the uh, Patrick's somewhere between that and the guy in the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones who just danced. Oh, Ben oh. Carr? Yeah. You're a Boss Tone. <laughs> <laughs> You're Bobo from Avail. Yeah. Uh, exactly. There we go. Yeah. Um, so, just if people if people don't know... I got that one. Tan, yeah. lines, tan <laughs> lines are a duo. Uh, right. Which is, I think, our first musical duo that we've had on the show. Yes. Which brings up a whole set of questions in terms of yeah. Uh, yeah. the compactness of touring that way. Yeah. Uh, you know, what you travel with. And you travel with, with, with Patrick yeah. over here. Um, but getting back to... The, when he's okay, available. When, <laughs> you're a busy man. It's true. Uh, when the Boston's are not on tour. Exactly. Yeah. Ben Carr might be 70 years old at this point. I hope so. The Actually, Boston. I recently asked somebody if they knew what he was doing, and they Googled him, and it, someone had asked Yahoo answers. <laughs> and one of the answers was that he was also their tour manager. So, like, he was living off of the band for, like, almost that, that whole time. The fucking Boston. Still, still making that Someday I Suppose money someday from the, the Clueless soundtrack. Up here. Um, <laughs> what, well, like, what's the crime? Criteria for you guys for for like the worst gig I mean, because as you know Jeff and I are playing in bands it's like well maybe there are no people at the show yeah, maybe right. we played like shit right. maybe uh, you know you, hate you didn't no, sell any member of your band that, that doesn't happen no. no oh that's see that's the, yeah. that's one of the things with the two piece we got to yeah. work in it's definitely a different dynamic than yeah. I've, been, I've been in bands with three people and with right. four people they're all different right. 
But uh, it's yeah. more like when you're mad at your girlfriend. It's yeah. much more like a romantic right. relationship. So is there? Because well, there has to. I'm sure there has to be uh, some element of you have to work it out. Like there are only two of you. Yeah. Like you no, can't just be like, well, I'm gonna go uh, hang with the drummer, and then maybe I'm not with him. Now today I'm gonna go with the guitarist. That's true. Uh, it's it's this or nothing. But That's is right. there is there sulking in the van? Of got, course. Mm, we don't sure. have a van though. We don't, we don't do. We vans. don't mess with vans. Minivan. No, no. no. <laughs> what do you do? No. Bus. We did our... So we actually haven't done a lot of traditional touring before. Okay. We've done two... I, what I would... Where you play every day and you're out for three or four weeks or whatever. But uh, the times we've done it have been in Europe two or three times. And once in North America. And in Europe, we toured in a Volvo station wagon. I love it. Uh, Incredible. I, I, if I could, I would. It's, it's the only way to go. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in the States, well, and you're in 10 I mean, lines. Yeah. <laughs> it's the minimum way to go. Yes. In the States, we have done, we did a Yukon, a gigantic Yukon XL, which I, which we have been calling. The, AKA Suburban. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, like the 30 something van. Right. It's like, it has the comfort amenities. It's as big as a van. Yeah. It's the same gas same mileage, mileage as yeah. a van. But it's, uh, it's, it's pretty comfortable. And it's surreptitious, and you don't have to worry about getting broken into, because it's a, you know, it doesn't it's, look it's like... A, it's a car. It's a, it, it, well, it'll pass as a car, and not, hey, by the way, we have lots of equipment in here. Hey, Montreal, break into us and take... It never yeah. happened, we, but yeah. We don't really think that much about, yeah, that stuff. Yeah. As bands do. Well, it gets like I, I I always remember being paranoid about because Oxford Collapse would tour in minivans yeah. after our yeah. first vans yeah. died after we owned our own vans and they died right um, and it was just packed to the gills with gear because it was almost always just the three of us sure touring uh, you know we rarely brought a fourth person um, so it was comfortable in terms of you know driving you could sleep in the minivan mm-hmm. obviously. I'm assuming you probably can't sleep in the suburban. Oh, we, why would never we do so? <laughs> we stay in four star hotels. Well, that's the thing. Okay. <laughs> We've taken a lot of the line, baby. <laughs> we do, but that's that's the large version. That's when we bring everything. Yeah. Like we also do. We also because there's yeah. two of us. We do like and because what we do is somewhere between a band and electronic stuff. Uh, we we do stuff where we'll fly somewhere yeah. and we'll use a. All we need for backline is like a guitar amp, some keyboard stands, a half a drum. PV one twenty or what? <laughs> I hear. <laughs> yeah, in fact, on the backline, uh, I have uh, no no PVs. No PVs. Okay, Eric's but, a PV man. Uh, crate, uh, no crate, no crate, PV. Uh, Frankenstein, uh, one guitar amp, no crate, no PV. <laughs> I mean, you could you could essentially do a pig nose if you wanted. Uh no, I would no, love it. That would not with only a pig nose. <laughs> nothing but. Yeah, I guess that would work. You're right. For the listener, Pig Nose is a gorgeous tiny amp. A gorgeous tiny amp that has the Can patented Pig Nose Wah, which just occurs when you open the Pig Nose and just open and close it. Oh, it's And like it's in it's the instruction like, uh, book. It says, use the patented Pig Nose Wah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but in terms of doing the, like, these uh, one-offs. So when we do that, we, we just rent a, we usually rent a... Large, um, like a small SUV, or what we've done it in a Chrysler 300 before. <laughs> Chrysler 300, that's a fine, <laughs> fine automobile. <laughs> I hope they send us one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and uh, all kinds of vehicles. Yeah, yeah, but we've never done a van, a van tour as tan lines. You shouldn't. Just I, I don't think like, we ever will. It's one of the great things about yeah. it being the two of us. Yeah, we can fly to San Francisco one weekend, and then we can drive out to Boston the next weekend yeah. if we want from New York. Right. 
or whatever. Uh, did you do tan? I mean, did you do van tours? Tan tours. Did you do van tours before tan line tours? We've both yeah. done van tours. Well, let's uh, just again for the listener, we should say that Jesse used to play in Professor Murder, right? Yeah. Or band that. Oxford Collapse had played with a number of times. Yeah, right. Uh, Eric, label mates. La- that's right, label mates on the fine canine records. Uh, uh, Eric spent time in Don Caballero and uh, Storm and Stress, mm. Golden Globus. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Someone's been on <laughs> Wikipedia. Oh, no, I, I've been, I, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, so, you, I mean, so if people don't know, I mean, you have years between the two of you of... of Pounding the pavement, so to speak. Golden Globus did a lot of pounding. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> Golden Globus may not be at the, the top of uh, the touring more list. of a studio project. You know? But but you've but, spent a lot of time doing more of the traditional Yeah. Route. I don't feel I have any dues to pay in that department. No. Those are, <laughs> That's a good feeling. <laughs> those have been paid. Because fuck those dues. They're yeah. terrible. Yeah, uh, well, can we talk about the dues for a little bit? Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, sure. How shitty were the dues? Um... Hmm. Well, what's your definition of shitty? Well, give us uh, be- between the two of you guys. Do you have uh, do you have a, a worst gig, a pre tan lines worst worst gig uh-huh. from a previous band that might be worth talking about? Um, go ahead. It's hard for me because the er- those early days were the time in your life where everything is like kind of fun anyway. Sure. So like when I look back on it now, I'm like, would I ever want to play in the basement of a dorm in Haverford college? You know, right Right now I would not, right. (laughs) I wouldn't want to do that. That would be a low night in my life. What about the the time? It was great. The, um, when we played at the MIT pig roast, Together. That was that I was mean, a pretty good one. That was, that was wild. <laughs> that, that was legitimately oh, wild. Oxford Collapse, Professor Murder. Um, I don't even remember who else, but it was a, like a full day spring Slot college. Shot. At MIT, I remember hearing stories about that MIT. From both yeah, I have guys. some stories yeah. from that night. That yeah. then so MIT. It it's this big event they have. It involves roasting an entire cow yeah. over an open pit of. Cold I thought like it was a pig, actually. Pig roast. I thought it was a steer roast. Oh, it might have been, been a steer roast. Yeah. It was some kind of animal flesh. Something yeah. was getting roasted. That's right. And the kids are, they do the, they go crazy. When we got there, the guy was like, oh, Professor Murder, right? It was like, we were like, yeah. Like, cool, yeah, just come on in. You know, there's a cup full of joints going around. I'm not sure where it is. <laughs> That's right. And there's right. a cup full of acid that's somewhere also. Take, keep, just keep your eyes open for it. And we played, and after the show, we um, were like, all the rooms had been decorated in these crazy ways, and the, one of the kids gave us a tour. He was like, "You guys, you guys should check out the beach." We were like, "Huh?" There's like, "Yeah, up on the sixth floor, you know, someone turned the room into a beach." So they took us up to the top floor, and someone had put like six inches of sand across the whole floor, beach stuff, and they were all doing whippets. In I, the think, room. I believe yeah. my band members uh, indulged in the, in the, the acid that night, actually. Oh. And I slept mm. on the floor of the van. Mm. Up, up, up the minivan? Mini yeah. mini, I think I... Between the two captains. How did you sleep in the minivan? I think it was the kind of thing where the like middle. the equipment was staying in the basement or something. So I sl- it was awful. Wait, yeah. so was this like an MIT-sanctioned event? Yeah. yeah like it was like all of their like They had their own security. They did their own security, and all the security guards were wearing like quasi-fascist stormtrooper costumes. Wow. Yeah. It reminds me when at Hampshire College, they used to do something called Trip or Treat, mm-hmm. where it was on Halloween. They would set up... Uh, 
uh, enlightening, uh, you know, setups so you could trip everywhere. Uh, and it was just kind of known. Like, this yeah. is what happens there. So, someone had built a monolith. Like, oh, really? Someone, yeah, built, someone yeah. had built a, a car, like a wooden monolith, like the one from uh, 2001, yeah. and they put right. like a theremin inside of it. So that all these stone kids were like putting their hands up and down it like the monkeys in 2001 and it was making yeah. sounds like a theremin. It I was think there was a guy very dressed clever. as a stormtrooper or Darth Vader or something yeah. just there. Yeah. Um, might have been David Prowse, the actor who played Darth Vader. What I'm picturing uh, is in the movie Real Genius when Val Kilmer sets what it was up like. the party. That's what it was like. It was all the nerds. It was, it was like that. But at, see, at that time, I was probably 26 or something. Sure, yeah. I was... I was just old enough that I still felt like I was kind of in college. Right. And I wasn't like, I've, they definitely looked younger than me, but I was like, it was fine. Yeah. Now we've done one or two college shows and I feel like an uncle. Basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking if we played in, uh, we played at Wesleyan and, uh-huh. and in April and it was like, it was the same kind of thing. All the kids were tripping. Right. Was it in, uh, what's the house that does the show? It was not. Uh, not it was, it was not. Uh, it was uh, what was it was out there somewhere. Oh, their club. They have a fraternity. Oh, okay. I went to. I club. went to an acting camp club. there. Uh, and oh, took really? A, took a steel drum class <laughs> in really? that in that really? in that uh, house. Yeah, we've like been looking for a steel drum. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, if you need me to play Cantaloupe uh, by us three, <laughs> I could probably figure it out. <laughs> that is actually what we were looking. But for. I want. I remember you guys telling me at one point. Or, or I read something about an ill-fated European tour mm. from a few years ago. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> right, so well, let's let's delve into this. We've done three. The <laughs> first one was probably the most significant in the way that we have come to think of ourselves as a band. Because we did that in 2010. We just had an EP out and that people on the internet wrote enough about that I felt like we were an actual band. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know really anything. And so we booked the tour thinking someone, you know, someone will book you a European tour on just an EP. Right. Whether or not that EP is even out in Europe. Sure. They will book you a full tour. Oh, yeah. You know. Three weeks in the UK. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. We didn't do that. We did not do that. We did that. We Go have on. like a four UK show maximum policy. That's- Three yeah, weeks. that's about right. <laughs> Granted, when we, when we did this first tour, we were a little more open-minded about that's true. the right. UK. Yeah. Barely. But uh, so we went over there, and I don't know what we were expecting. I think we were expecting good shows everywhere, and uh, we were riding a wave. <laughs> but yeah. we were expecting, yeah, yeah. I don't know what we were expecting. Well, the, the UK, <laughs> good, good, I mean, has yeah. always been traditionally tough, at least at the very least on the financial end. Yes. Sure, because uh, we've done some support. Tour or you know tour support there that have been great shows, mm-hmm, right. but absolutely shit yeah. financially money. tough. Like you go over there, you know, and tough. you know you're going to lose money. Yes, um, uh, I don't know, if, uh, but so it's sad. But so it, give it, us a couple. Let of us better establish this yeah. premise. It, it, it we we were a French booking agency reached out to us and said we want to book a European tour for you guys. And we were like, yeah, sure. I guess why <laughs> not? We're, no to that. We've got some some buzz going on the internet. This is a real thing now. We can feel you know, we're playing shows. Of course, why not? Of course, right. we go to Europe. And uh, this was, I think, their first time ever booking, um, you know, an entire European tour. That's they're right. a French agency, so their expertise was in France. Um, so they booked out this what three three weeks. three and a half three three week tour. 
I think we must have told them we wouldn't do more than that. Um, and uh, so we got on the plane and we went to go over there. And um, well, I think I landed in, instantly <laughs> in a state of trash. <laughs> like we landed in in Amsterdam and rented the car and we picked up the gear from Heist. You, uh-huh. Has anyone talked about no, Heist? Heist? No, no, no one's talked about this Heist. Is, this Heist? is a Dutch rental company. He's yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, this is a for, guy. He's a guy. He's a guy who has a company who rents gear to a lot of American bands okay, over sure. there. He works with really yeah. cheap, really cool guy. He has a warehouse outside of Amsterdam. And then he'll take you to a, the best snack bar in town and treat you to terrible hot dogs and then send you on your way. It has a funny name, the the place, right? Do you remember the Prick. name? Yeah. Prick. Prick. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's like his big yeah. joke for yeah. to take a band out. That's his closer. And then he leaves. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Here we and are. Then, then you're off, you know. And Good uh, luck on your tour. Really cool. Really He's an nice awesome guy, guy. He's an awesome actually. Guy. When we picked up that V50 at the airport, there was a uh, some sort of safety bar or something. You know in a station wagon you have that uh, mechanism that covers the contents of the trunk? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know what that's yes. called, but it's like a roll, like a yeah. like a window shade. Yeah. And that 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 bar that the window shade is is, you know, attached to or whatever yes, yeah. we couldn't remove that and i yeah. figured and the it entire out premise of us We're, doing this tour on a v50 depended on being able to put our biggest road case <laughs> upright yeah through that, sure. the entire i don't know what we would have done if we had it is the v50 one of those kind of tall no no, no it's actually and you don't see them here they're not very popular and in fact i don't even think they sell them here uh it's a more compact station wagon. Yeah. Okay. It's it's, uh, it's, like it's smaller than their V70, which is probably what you see mostly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's, it's an more, excellent car. It's, it's great car. So, okay. So it's from the beginning, guys, yeah. well, I just as a lead, you know, we got on the plane and you, you, you want to talk about it? I don't know. I, w- our first show was in Paris and, uh, it was just, I, it just, as soon as we got there, it was clear that it was just going to be just legging it out every single night. We had much. no idea what we yeah. were getting into. Patrick came along as our friend and helper okay. or whatever. And he had never done live sound before. The first night was in Paris and it was awful. And we yes. got in the car the next day. Are there people at the show? There were people there, but that was like a this club night. This was a club night, night oh, and there were people there because it was a cool and, night or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Club yeah. night. So just, there, there were people and our agency was there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Egyptian uh, hip hop. Yeah, yeah, band of seventeen-year-olds. Okay. The, the British kids open for us. Kid. Yeah, the, cl- oh, that, the yeah. classic yeah. European yeah. opener. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, really loved yeah. on yeah. cab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, the next day we got up and we drove to Lille and uh, where we ended up playing on a tiny boat. Do you guys there. ever play that boat there? <laughs> no, no. Uh, no a tugboat. Yeah. There's and we a... said to Patrick, we were like, "Listen, Patrick, when we get to the club in Lille." We're going to introduce you as our sound guy, and then you're going to be our sound guy for the rest of this tour. And you're just going to have just to figure, figure out, out how to do that job. Because we're not doing this every night where we're talking to a European sound guy about our sound or whatever. Yeah. And ask them as many questions, work with them as much as you have to, but like you're, the, you're going to be doing the mix. And that was his first night. It was on this little boat. There were probably... 50 people there or uh-huh. something. Oh, 50? That's generous. There's a funny spinal tap moment there. We definitely had our first... I think it was the first to the... Yeah, it was also... Tour. We learned in Europe... You know how in Europe, every show you're expected to... No matter what size band you are, doesn't matter who you are, you're expected to play an encore. Sure. In yeah. Europe. Yes. It's an insult to them if we you don't play. We never yeah, heard it. long set. We had no That's idea. That's right, an hour. Yes. Yeah. You play on time. If it says yeah. 9.30, yeah. there's going to be a person knocking yeah, on the door at 9.29, go on stage. 
I've talked about four in my old band Orchid, Switzerland. We were the only mm-hmm. band. We were a grindcore band, but we still <laughs> had to play like 45 minutes to an hour. Our set list was like 25 That's how you get good, here that you're yeah. playing from 9 to 9.45. Yeah. So. And we jammed. That was yeah. the first time we've ever jammed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So we don't do uh, like in America. Like you have to be, reach a certain level you before earn it. you you earn exactly. it exactly. If yeah. you play an encore and before that, you're kind of an asshole. Encore preemptively yeah. in America. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even now we sure. can't do it. Right. It's hard. Yeah. Do we? We don't. We tried doing it. It's hard to it's, do. It feels like it's hard to do. It just feels like even yeah. in situations where people legitimately really want you to play an encore. You're headlining a show. It's right. sold out. People want you to play an encore. It's still hard to. To do because you feel like you have to be the next level to be yeah. to really pull yeah, that exactly. off. But in Europe, so we never we never knew that about it. We were in Lille, we're on this boat, and the way the boat worked was that the green room was in the captain's area, okay, <laughs> and the entrance to the club was in a one entrance, and then the entrance to the stage was another entrance that was that went straight onto the stage. They had some elaborate key system where, like, they would let you into the back stage, back behind the stage, mm-hmm. but then they would they lock it behind you. Yeah. So they didn't want anybody come uh, okay. sneaking in. Okay. And then they gave the key to Patrick. Okay. We, we played the show. <laughs> we played the show. We were done. Okay. And then we, we walked out the back and we were going to walk out. We back. did. We walked out up and off of the ship. No, no, we didn't get up. We got behind. Out. There's a curtain and then a tiny stairwell and then a door, it's which we found was yeah. locked. As soon as we got, we finished the show, we found that door was locked. I thought we'd gone out of the ship and then. No, no you we guys didn't. didn't get out of the ship. Because the door, we were locked You're in and Patrick had the key. And meanwhile, oh. the 25 to 30 people who came to see us were still in there demanding an encore <laughs> we were locked we were locked between the stage and uh, the uh, and the door okay, waiting for yeah, patrick yeah, to yeah, realize yeah, yeah. it took me about five minutes to realize yeah, right. Right. so yeah it was one of the many 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 and then he came and opened the door and then we that that was when we and yeah, you guys are on yeah, a boat yeah. this entire time. and it was a yeah, boat, a boat. <laughs> like that's you're on a boat no, we've played several boats we've played boats we've played more than one boat yeah yeah uh, so and and like you guys drove yourself on the concert. So, yeah, around. we did. I love this because we yeah. also drove ourselves. Yeah. I think that there, I know you'll disagree, Jeff will disagree. We've never had a tour manager or a driver. No, we, ne- I, we never did either. There's this myth, I think, as an American band that yeah. if you go to the continent, uh, the European continent, that, oh, you can't drive. Oh, man, the roads are crazy. Right. Yeah. It was the best. But it, was this, you had a GPS, GPS, right? We did have GPS. That's, okay, that's, that's the only difference, difference in the world. That's the key. Yes. That's UK, none of us drove stick except for Justin Sharon who never had driven on any van tour ever <laughs> but he uh, did and he drove on that one because our we had to fire our driver because he was a crazy drunk rock guy who kept hitting uh, on 14 oh, year old girls uh, and then end up killing himself a year after oh, we no. did the tour oh, uh, and we didn't have GPS game. so we just had the A to Z for our UK, so we would just be like, "All right, get to the uh, yeah. city center, yeah. and then we'll figure it but, out." Well, because we did, we did a, a UK and continent tour, and we got on the ferry, and oh, then yeah. we did the train. Dan, right? our drummer, yeah. would drive. We we had a, a van that we rented in Germany, so we're, you're driving on the same side of the road. The cars lay on the same. Tour. But we wound up going to uh, the UK in our German van. Driving on the wrong side of the road we in like an American style car. Yeah, we did I was that. not allowed to the drive. The V50 ended up <laughs> yeah. that whole tour that, yeah. ended in England, right? 
and then we drove back through the tunnel to return the car in Amsterdam and fly. And you guys all take turns driving. Yeah, but he no. does most of the driving. Do you yeah. like driving? I, 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 I do. Love driving. I love driving, and I, I, I yeah. I, tr- I tend to drive yeah. a lot. I drove yeah. on that couple long legs, and that was it. Yeah. I lost the keys and that's right. We <laughs> let him lost the keys on the fourth the day of the yeah. tour and was never given the keys again. Uh, but I think there is this there is this fallacy that you can't drive in Europe. I, we weren't. Go- I, I remember agree. the first it's, time. It's we from did. the old days. Yeah. yeah, I think the first time we were going to do Europe, we weren't going to. But then, like, it was such a non-cost. Like, it, it was already kind to of, get the driver to get a drive because there were all these like punk systems set uh-huh. up of like you'd get a driver equipment in yeah. a van all for one giant package yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was they tried to hook us up with cheap. that they tried to hook us up with that and we said no and they thought it was really funny and they don't right, trust bands cool to we, go yeah. drive themselves yeah. you know right. it's not but done. Dude, we were the funny also playing about squats and shit at that point this, so it was like this tan lines tour somehow mirrored another ill-fated storm and stress tour of europe and so we always knew it was going to be a bad day when we pulled up to the club, which was often one of those clubs that's under the subway. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, in, uh, often in Germany, you'll yeah. get you'll be looking for the club and you'll realize it's inside of the subway, <laughs> yeah. right? And Eric would be like, "Storm and stress played here," and then we would just know it was going to be terrible that night. Yeah. Well, for uh, for us, it was whenever our name was on the marquee yeah. of a place. Shit it show. was never going to be a good show. I mean, <laughs> when, when we were playing a place where it wasn't like the Obford collapse. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, there, oh, it was spelled collapse. It was spelled C A L A. I mean, there the, the, the marquee. I mean, band flat, band flat. What's band flat? When the when band the flats. when the when, oh. when the place gives you a band flat. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've I've had pretty good experiences with that. The, well, the other thing is like so we're you know thirty now, yes. right? And so Plus. a lot of the. Tanline's touring experience has taken from that experience of your 20s mm-hmm. and now it's like this is how we're going to do things differently now one of the things is like no band flats mm-hmm. that because that's just we're just done with that yeah um three weeks maximum right. is, tr- is where we try to cut it off and uh no vans is another part of it and uh, you know we've made we managed to make it work because there's only two of us. The, the luxury we don't have, right. use a tour manager. Yeah. You know, right. we also, and so setting the rules keeps yourself sane. At yeah. a certain age, it's just like you you you're you're well aware enough of like you know you're not gonna you're not gonna get it right a hundred percent of the time, but you know enough to make an educated guess of like all right, this isn't gonna be good. This show will be bad. This one will be better. Like I can figure out like you know. The right moves to make it at least as comfortable as it can be. Yeah, or you know, pick a good restaurant that night. Right. You know, well, yeah, I, like I always try <laughs> also, not eat the oil oil goulash that they've made for you. If exactly. the club provides food, never eat it. Always right. take the really? cash. You don't need to. Yeah. If that's club, that's another. What if there's, there's an a restaurant for cash versus food? Definitely. Yeah. But what if no there's a restaurant thing, involved with the club? I know where you're going with this. Okay. There's yeah. no such thing as a good restaurant with a rock venue uh, wedded to it in any way. Okay. Can you name one? Uh, what about don't the say Ma- Maxwell? Maxwell, don't say Gigi the Bear. I was going to say, gonna say no, I was going to say the Magic. Oh, I always feel like it's Maxwell's again. Oh, oh okay, burgers, all right. The Magic, yeah, exactly. the magic Stick exactly. in Detroit. The magic Stick is an exception, I guess. Okay. Yeah, uh, Doug Fur. Doug Fur. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that, that yeah, that place. All Wait, I mean, what's there, the place there in Detroit that I talk about? Loggerhouse. Loggerhouse. They order good food. 
So I'm, DC nine, for example, and DC. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, that's that's the what I think of when small. I think of the or Black Cat, even. You know, no, right? The, Black Cat, but like you get yeah. you get the lasagna, the Black Cat. That's when I think diarrhea. of when I think <laughs> European, <laughs> like the the, the dinner food. I always think of in Prague, Club Zero Zero Seven, oh. which was in the basement. Yes. Did we play there? Yeah, we played there on that tour. It's in the goulash. The goulash. It's pretty good goulash, actually. We did it in the orchid tour, and it was like four years before. It was that oil goulash. Yeah. came back and I was like, man, I bet you they're going to give us that goulash. Yeah. And there it was with a big pile of rye bread. And I, I mean, ate the shit out of it. That, that was a situation angry. where it was just so absurd. Like you, There was nowhere there was else n- to go. And it was just like, you, when, once we realized that the club was in the basement of a, like, Soviet style dorm, <laughs> right? <laughs> Way out. It's on the top sure. of a mountain. Yeah. yeah. Behind like the soccer behind the stadium. Soccer yes. We were just like, the show might be bad, but the story will be okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of like, uh, it should be noted for the listener. Uh, in addition to being uh, in tan lines, uh, Eric is also an accomplished producer. And uh, many produced many the, the last records. Oxford Collapse rac- record as well. Did that go gold? Uh, it, it's uh, it's going gold. Certified in some place. Oh, it's going gold. Yeah. <laughs> what is gold in like Africa? Like selling ten copies Five or something? Copies. Yeah. <laughs> then I, then we've definitely Five got thousand. gold there. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, and and you had a studio for a number of years. I did. Where Professor where Murder recorded and where Chick yeah. Ch- Ch- formed. Yeah. Where Tan. Yeah. Also, where halfway through this tour, we got a phone call that we were being evicted from. Now, this this is this was <laughs> the worst. This is a worst gig story in and of itself. Yeah. And we can get into the specifics. I mean, for me, it seemed like the biggest loss. And I guess I should just paint the picture. You guys had a, a very comfortable, uh, uh, beautiful little studio at uh, in the IBZ, as it's called in Greenpoint, the That's Industrial right. Business That's Zone, right, yeah. right <laughs> at the very tip of Greenpoint. Yeah. And it was. Lo- I loved. I always loved recording. Great, it was a very comfortable space. place. Yeah. yeah. And when you lost it, you also lost that incredible access to that world class Italian restaurant, Casanova. Casanova. Yes. Which <laughs> what? wait, which one's Casanova? Casanova's right on McGinnis Boulevard. There's yeah. a portly chef. Uh, oh, <laughs> Casanova! I've never been and there. Is it- I, I will no, like treat five yourself. To seven Tuesday, <laughs> three Thursdays. I uh, know. I could. I could tell we're you this. Casanova. Lunch. We're not a just, front. Just don't get the slices. <laughs> we once ordered uh, a meal from Casanova, and I got the Caesar salad. Yeah, if you remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course, yeah, you did. When it came, you asked for the when it came. On the side. <laughs> when it came, and they had the receipt. The guy had written the order on the receipt, and I actually I wrote it down. He got it was a Sizer salad, S I Z E R. That's how they spell it in Albania. That's, that's, that's right. Uh, so, I mean, uh, I, there's a lot of food associations that I have with you, <laughs> with your band too. In fact, I texted Caesar Eric. Salad. I remember. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Il, Il Passatore is another yeah fabled stuff. Also Albanian. Yeah. Albanian. Um, a couple of months ago was Restaurant Week in New York. If you guys missed it. Forget about it. You blew it. Oh, no. <laughs> went with my wife went and to mother to a French restaurant the on the west side playing tan oh, lines on the soundtrack. That's right. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. It set the mood um, What restaurant was it? Yeah, what was it? Uh, <laughs> it was... Uh, it was, yeah. Le I'm going to have to ask for contact. Yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah, they, it, was, it, was, it was a very fine French 
<laughs> French made finer by the tan line. Uh, but I want to talk about the studio yeah. for a little while. Yeah. Because that's a... Right. And all, the, you did the uh, the guy from Glass Jaws follow-up project. Mm. Head Automatica, I believe. Daryl Palumbo? Yeah, unreleased. Yes. Yeah. Let me just pull him in. Oh, that never came out. <laughs> that never saw the light of day. It did yeah. not. No. Did you in re- fact, you- this could be the only mention of this that. Maybe the- of all, no. Ever. But didn't you have you- uh, Sammy we are sponsored by Head drums? Oh, yeah, Sammy. New York hardcore legend, Business, Sammy yeah. Siegler. Sure. Hope to see him tomorrow at the Revolution yeah, he's a real 25th the Anniversary <laughs> Showcase. I'll be there. Uh, uh, by the time yeah. this episode comes out, we'll have a follow-up story. Oh, I'm going to have a lot of follow-up um, stories about breaking my glasses, mocking. But, so, but, I mean, you know, building up the studio and, mm. and recording a, a lot of quality projects there. And yeah. then, so, yeah, yeah so you, you all of a sudden... You're told that the the you guys. So are w- one of the other things that's worth mentioning is this tour. So we knew we were going going into this tour. This was going to be the tour where, on that tour, we were going to listen to a lot of the m- music that would would influence our the album we were going to record at my studio mm-hmm. when we got back. Which became we were going to start dimensions. writing when we got back from the right. tour. Right. So playlist um, with that on. Well, we had we can talk about that. Um, do you want to talk about that? But now? apparently, we're not going. <laughs> <laughs> Up to you. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to ruin the momentum. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. The story is more interesting. Yeah. Yes. But uh, we. we uh, so, you know, I think we were feeling excited about coming back from this tour. One of the lights at the end of the tunnel was to come back from the tour and start writing for our album. Halfway through the tour, we were on a ferry, which was actually a cruise ship from Kiel, Germany, Germany <clears throat> to Norway. Norway. One of the bright spots of that tour. That, that it was, was a, br- a bright spot. That sounds spot. like it might be. Norway was good, Norway except was for good. somebody stole Jesse's palm yes. free. Someone stole <laughs> from, <laughs> from the dressing room. This technology Norway, would be out of date very Norway. soon. Yeah. Do you know what the American saying in Norway is? If you're born Norwegian, it's like being, uh, what is it, born winning the lottery. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They stole his palm free. Yeah, out of so the dressing room. What are you room. using now? Now that I have an eye. Several years. It was a phone. <laughs> I couldn't even get on the network. It was American. I know. Sprint it was phone. useless CDMA uh-huh. yeah. phone. I don't even know why you had it out. Yeah. Well, we got That's a phone funny. phone story as well. Yeah. Coming up. All right. Phone, well, phone stories. We, oh. I want to hear the rest of this. This. So story. we. All right. So we're on that cruise ship, and I think my 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 sister in law called or sent me an email saying, um, everyone in the building, and my brother Josh and sister in law live. Yeah. Also them. lived in the building. Um, and, and worked there and worked there. And, uh, she sent this email saying we, everyone in the building just got a notice, an eviction notice. We all have to be out by the middle of July. Wow. Um, what month was this? This was, we were in May. Oh, yeah. Okay. We we're in May. So, and our tour is going to go through the end of May. Right. So that really set a tone. Um, and that seemed, and it, and it wasn't like we'd, we'd sort of heard a bit of noise about like, Oh, the landlord's trying to sell the building, blah, 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 for years. And nothing ever came of it. This, for whatever reason, seemed completely legitimate. And right. I was sort of like, okay, what, what's, what's next? And uh, that just sort of worked itself more and more into our state of mind just for the rest of the tour. Sure. Knowing, knowing you have to deal with this once you get back. Yeah. The and outside it, it, world. It, it, it creeps in. No it, idea how yeah. where we were going to write the album. Right. It was also very apparent that like if we wanted to do this more seriously, we we're going to have to write a lot of new music. It weirdly you know, like, shaped the coming year or more and our album in a lot of ways. Right. And, and just... And also, I would say that that was the tour that for me, like, the mentality I just described where it was like, the show might be terrible, but like, um, 
it'll be a good story. Mm-hmm. At the end of that tour, I was just like, all right, I've got enough good, sto- I've got enough good stories. Right. Like I have a catalog of life of good stories <laughs> right. that I can take to the grave with me. Yeah. I can feel good that I've had those stories. I was like, I want to try to do something more with this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but it's not was, enough anymore. It like, was never yeah. the question of doing something different. It was the band was going to continue. What, regardless, you guys At had that to figure. Point, yeah, it, there was never a feeling yeah. of like, oh, we can't do the band anymore. Yeah, um, you know, everything up until that tour felt incredible. That tour was the first time this band did not feel incredible. Because we, it was everything that happened to us was like an unexpected, awesome surprise. When we went to play our first live show in a Todd P basement, mm-hmm. we had no idea that people would be excited about it. Right. You know, we just, we, you know, we, we couldn't have mm-hmm. guessed. So, like, this tour was the first time where I think we really felt like, hmm. Also, maybe and, it's not gonna be that easy. Yeah. And also, right. it's just like yeah. having an EP and like people writing blog posts about you is worthless. Sure. It's like completely yeah, it's worthless. It maybe yeah. makes you feel like it's a real band. But it's ephemeral it because it, yes. there's no, there. it's just there's, there's, there's no quality control. Right. Everything, every great thing that someone in the UK said about us in 2009 was completely retracted by the time we put out this album. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it's like none of that, none of that early stuff meant anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I don't want to, I'm not, I, I, I value, I treasure all these experiences. I'm not in any way complaining about it. It was a great, it was a great experience despite its highs and lows. But I would say, I'd say the way you describe just doing this is just highs and lows. Oh, exactly. Just like the, that's the job. Well, that's, that's the MO behind the podcast in general. The idea is that, uh, you know, we were just kind of, it's you don't learn anything when you read about fucking you know the arcade fire playing in front of fifty thousand people and being carried off the stage. That doesn't humanize a band like hearing about some of the right. hardships. I'm sure they have horrible shows too. Oh, I'm sure they sure. do. Well, Even when they now. come on the show next week, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it's, but it's the idea that like talking about these kind of things, you know, because I think there's beyond this, the mythology yeah. of being well, that's in the a thing. There's, there is a the mythology reality. about about you know, uh, playing in a band and when you get to a certain level and everything's gravy and, uh, right. I think there's a thing, there's a difference between you, you, when you're young and when you're 22 and you, you're not bothered by the kinds of things. Like, you know, many van. vans I've yeah, slept, I've in slept van. in the loft in the van, you know, and it's like, you know what? It was, uh, we had a fun night partying and, uh, I didn't sleep well, but whatever, who cares? Yeah. Party tonight. Right. You know, and when you get to be 30, you're like, well, I love music and I love performing and I love playing and I, I like to travel too. But I did, there are a lot of things I don't want to deal with. And uh, it's just, you know, I don't think everybody when they're 22 expects to be still doing it at 30 or no. whatever. So I think at the beginning of us get, starting to tour and play shows was like figuring that out. Like, well, you know what? We're This tour is for 22-year-olds. You know, it's like yeah. we're right. not sleeping in bunk beds in Amsterdam, yeah. right. you know, or Anne Frank's attic, <laughs> whatever, right. you know. We did sleep but in we the did. attic in here. <laughs> at, at the end and of that night, may or may have not been. That was it. Was, that was a dark, dark night. But ironically, <laughs> it was probably the Great best show. show. There was no the light in the attic. Honestly, it yeah, was. Right. It was. That's exactly what it's like on tour. And I'm sure you guys know this. The variables are the same every day. You drive, sound check, eat, drink, play the show. Find the place to sleep. Yeah. It's the most predictable thing. Yeah. Every day is super yeah. predictable. 
but how those variables turn up are totally different every single day. Sometimes the drive is fine, the sound check is great, the food's great, the show's terrible. Yeah. Sometimes all the other things are terrible. And then the night and is the great, great after the show. Yeah. 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 Sometimes and and that's what I mean. It's like and that's can be ma- that can be maddening. I yeah. think that that's a maddening I, right thing. It's a, it's the it continues with we were talking before they even got here about the not the no consistency. But the consistency, of, there's consistency. Schedule. But it's interesting, it's it's scheduled like, like what you were yeah. talking, Jesse, what you were talking about earlier about being 26 and still being able to relate even though you're a little removed. Because I did my touring from 25 to 30 was get in the van. Right. Yeah. And there was, oh, it, the novelty never wore off for me of like, all right, we're in Montana tonight. It's like, the show is, there's no way the show is going to be good, but fuck it. Like, we're right. in Montana tonight. Yeah. You know, there was like... So there was, it, it never got to the point where I, and I, I agree with you about the monotony, but I always felt like there was at least something, and maybe I'm just optimistic about it, There's always something to look forward to. Yes, you are. It's like, well, maybe Montana's not going to be great, but Seattle's going to be great. No, I, I still have that. I, I still have that. It's yeah. just the, it's just the, like, there's more realism. All the variable. It's just cra- like that night in Amsterdam is a perfect example. Cause like, I was really depressed. Okay. Going into that show. And I just, I couldn't take it. It was like playing in a, we were playing in a squad. I was like, that it was set, setting in that we had like three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then there's the weird feeling of guilt because I felt really like privileged to be like playing in Europe. It's right. an experience yeah. I had always wanted to yeah. have and I never had before. And, and, and there really aren't a whole lot of bands yeah, that get to do it. I, I would, and I would treasure that. I'll treasure that forever, yeah, right. you, you know, and then the, sh- it was, and then the show turned out to be, Amazing. It was the only show that sold out on that tour. The kids were great. It was a, we played well. We kicked ass. And then as soon as that was over, we realized that Patrick had lost the keys to our car. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, it started a spiral of frenzied activity that ended in a miraculous recovery of the keys when a taxi cab driver dropped them off for us. Okay. And then the kid who like booked the show was like, yeah, you can stay at, you're staying at my place tonight. And we're like, okay. And then, he took us to his house. He's a 22-year-old kid. He took us to his house and put us up in his attic. And of course, and then we we're like, of course, where are they going to put a couple of Jews in Amsterdam? <laughs> Sleeping in an attic in Amsterdam. And, uh, Unheated. Un- yeah. And yeah. then it was just like, and then we had to wake up. We woke up yeah. and drove to Berlin the next day, which is a long, really long uh, drive. Yeah. Yes. And uh, yeah, it, it was, but you know what? Like, that as as despite the dark moments, like being on that cruise ship that he mentioned in in Norway, I'll never I'll never forget that. That was incredible, yeah. and I'll never forget those good shows either. Well, that's know? also the idea of behind course. the show, right? Behind this this show is that you know you have some distance between when that happened, and you can yeah. look back and be like, yeah, you know, and you you can look back and and see the hilarity in it, right? Or yeah. see you like the poignancy. I, mean, I, of, I think it's also a good thing to remind. I know I have to do it. Remind myself all the time that it, my brain wants to immediately go that everyone does this. Like yeah. it, it, what any band could do, what I'm doing. Like any band can do these tours. Any right. band, but it's not really the case. Uh, and most people haven't done like had these experiences yeah. Yeah, in yeah. these places. You know, my my. Well, you know, it's only recently where my brother, who's much older than me, was like, you know, I'd love to see California. And I'm like, oh, right. Like, yeah, right. I've been there 30 yeah. times. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, yeah, it is, it's, it's almost, it's, it's, for me, it's a reminding of like, yeah. like you said, which is like, oh, wait, these are pretty awesome. Like, even though it can be miserable sometimes, it was awesome and is awesome. 
there, it's, yeah, it's always worse in the moment. The things yes. that, there are things there are shows the shows that I think about where I'm like we didn't have to do that. You know, like I wouldn't if I could do it again, I wouldn't do that. Aren't sure. those shows right? They're like the CMJ showcase yes. where the person at your label is like, "You guys should really do this show." Right. I know you're playing earlier that night, but like, you should really do this show. Like, right. it's a good bill, and it's like I know it's no money, but like, it's a good look or whatever. And then you do the show, and it's just like we do time. not need to right. be here. No one yeah. is waiting to see us play. And I've probably said before, I remember there was a show we played. We were playing in Atlanta, and our booking agent had booked us a show in Detroit the next day because he was like, you got to play with the Von Bondies. Like, it's going to be oh, a boy. huge one. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, at the magic first stick. of three. And it, yeah, the magic stick. And it was <laughs> like, great you know, whatever, 14-hour drive, some ridiculous drive. I mean, but, and yeah, it was any show USA. Right? And, like, but that's no young, one cared. Yeah. Like, we sold No one's there to see CDs. you. Yeah. 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 That's uh, that's definitely the young man's game, and I think like you, hour drive. you guys have the luxury right Which now. Which I'll say in retrospect yeah. too, like it, the way Panthers worked, like and now I can't fathom it. Like all of us were twenty two, twenty three, except Justin Cherno, mm-hmm. who at the time was like thirty, thirty one. Right. Like I can't even fathom that he was putting up with. Like, yeah. He must have just been, you know, in a different mindset yeah. at that point. Because he was putting up with stuff that at this point, I'm just like, oh, brother, what were you doing? Like, why did you say yes to all of these terrible yeah. ideas? Because well, like the, you said, it's a young man's Well, you know, when, yeah, when we first started, I mean, I think that's usually the band's, a band's first U.S. tour. Right. You do the, let's drive overnight. This is going to be fun. And then you realize how mad, you know. Sure. Like Chicago, yeah. D.C. one day. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. We do that. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a great show. <laughs> but so sp- speaking of places... Uh, I think I told you this, but I really absorbed your album when I was in Turkey back in uh, uh, March. Nice. My wife and I took a trip to Turkey. Uh, you guys very, have not played in Istanbul. Very hip right now. No, but we're we're we working on it. We're on a, a Turkish compilation. Oh, we are, okay. Yeah, we're on a yeah. Turkish. All right, well, it's just you know that idea when or that the thing where you associate songs with a certain place. Yeah, you know you're you're listening to a song. You're like, this is what I'm going to think of whenever I hear the song again. That's incredible. It's turkey. For that's you guys. nice. That's I mean, and that's as you guys know, that's like what making music is all yeah. about. Like, yeah, your person that you might not listen to our album again for twenty years, but yeah. if it comes on on something, it'll it'll remind you of being yes. a turkey. Yes, that's a beautiful, magical, and it was thing. like remote western or eastern Turkey. Actually, right. we got rented a car. We're driving across the uh, the steeps of Turkey, or right. step S T E P P E. Step, yeah, yeah. You got to, but anyway, like you guys got to uh, play that. <laughs> yeah, that's but great. I want, I want to talk about some other. I don't know if this qualifies as a worst gig. I mentioned phones before, and this has been something that I brought up with you a couple times over the years. I don't know where you're going with this. I used to, I used to be a T-Mobile subscriber <laughs> oh, yeah. before uh, I became a this. Verizon guy. <laughs> yeah, and I remember getting my T-Mobile bill once, and. On the actual envelope yeah. where it had the T-Mobile logo, it had three photos of people on it. Like, hey, look how diverse T-Mobile is. Yeah. And one of those headshots was Jesse. That's right. Yeah. On the street. <laughs> and so I I never really got the story behind that. And this, this could uh, go into, quote unquote, worse gigs outside of music that maybe you guys have done over the years. What was the deal with, was, this, with this? That this was photo? actually a pretty good gig. A friend of mine, like, booked photo shoots for a stock photo company Mm -hmm. and they sold a lot a lot of their business was selling it to t-mobile at the time okay okay but technically it was for the stock photo company and she was like hey do you want to do this photo shoot you know we'll pay you 
X amount of, you know, good money. And I was like, sure. And I didn't really think about it. I didn't think that much about it. I just, I went to this loft in Soho and there were like eight of us there. And it was really obvious that four were her friends and four were like hey. slashers, yeah. <laughs> actor slash models. Right. And it was, what was obvious, the difference between the two was really obvious because anytime they'd be like, we need some people for this shot. The four of us would just like sit there and try not to do it, and the other four were like dying to get in the photographs. My big every break. every photo they wanted to be in, yeah. And we just like reluctantly did them, and um, I lucked out because I could have been on the subway. I, you know, I could have been on. I actually, some of my friends did another one, friends of hers, and I saw them yesterday. This was three, four years ago. I did this, and they're still up in some of the stores, and they didn't use mine on anything except for like the website and on yeah. that. Envelope. envelope. And what was funny about that was that one of my best friends is also a T-Mobile subscriber. And I believe the promotion at the time was like, your five best friends or whatever, you oh, know? Yeah, and yeah. he got the envelope and he's looking at the, the little heads yeah. and he, and he sees me and he was like, <laughs> whoa, how do they know? Customized like, envelopes. Yeah. Like, how do they know my friends and who are these other people? Yeah. <laughs> that, it's, it's, I, I like saved it too. Yeah. It's somewhere in this house. Oh, I'd love to somewhere. see that. Good pay yeah. for that one. What's that? Good pay for that one. It was very good and very yeah. very easy. And yeah. so, but but right now you guys are really concentrating on the band. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You're yeah. able to. That's. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. It's a full time thing. That, yeah. That's the dream. Um, it's the dream. But I never, I never was like gigging for work. I've always had another career. Great use of the yeah. word gig, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I never, I never have had a like, um, you know, go on tour and then come back to it, come job. back and like, you know, work at a bar. I always had this other job. I'm at a photo archivist at a library. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for almost 10 years. So it's always been another career. So you still have that. Now I'm extremely part-time. Okay, like, right. they kind of, at this point, they, you know, they want me to be there when I can. Yeah. So it's a pretty good situation. Where That's awesome. When I'm here, I go in. I've, yeah. I've been there a couple of days in the last couple I was in a ver- I had a very similar situation. And, in fact, you're the first person that I've met when I was doing Oxford Collapse. For the vast majority of it, I was also working at a TV studio mm-hmm. as, like, a studio technician. Mm-hmm. And it was the kind of thing where I started the job right about the same time that the band was touring and they're like oh you play in a band that's cool and i was yeah. like okay yeah well i'm gonna need like six weeks off they're like awesome and <laughs> I, I also i worked yeah. from noon to work 8 p.m it was absurd this um, is it's kind of like that but it's all but it's also like i put in the time yeah, you know right. there and like it also re- requires an extremely specific set of like things that i know which mm-hmm. mostly involve knowing yiddish politicians from the <laughs> 1920s and having a extremely good oh i know that yeah oh sorry i just took your job like i know our collection <laughs> my joke is that like i have two careers neither of which could ever be outsourced like <laughs> they, like they're they're equally difficult to make a living at but they're also equally secure only in that i'm not replaceable at yeah. either point right. well speaking of jokes i want to also talk about comedy for a little while mm. because uh your your Twitter feed has been praised and has won various uh, uh, award. I think it won an Everything. SP award it's or something. Pretty much won. We're. I think it won an Emmy this year. It won an Emmy. It won a cable Ace award. Got. For, yeah. Um, and then you guys did uh, uh, a video where you do, where you're actually doing stand up in the video. Yeah. Um, and stand up. 
fan, we call, I was calling that stand-up um, fantasy camp. You were recreating <laughs> a, uh, a an 80s kind of club comic against the brick wall. It was on TV right, in the, the background in, in one of the yeah. videos. Yeah. So, or HBO uh, half-hour comedy half hour. hour. Yeah. Comedy hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you guys have some ties to the, the comedy community outside of this podcast, I would say. Um, Is this comedy? Oh, you guys are into comedy. That's what it says. You guys interview mentions. other comedians and you, oh, you yeah. perform, right? Yeah, we we, yeah. We, we we balance between music and comedy. Do you guys do an act together? You're 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 looking at it right this now. This is your act. It's pretty good. Gold. You should get a rose. Um, but so in doing like what was there a fascination with stand up? How did that idea come about? Is that something that you'd like to try at some point? Um. I'm. I mean, I've been into comedy for a long time, and I don't know if you guys did. You guys listen to comedy on tour in the in the van? Oh yeah, we listen to. A, I always listen to a lot of comedy. We See, we it, were honestly well because both of our bands were like pre podcast, right? So I remember, like, we would listen to Steve Martin records. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard, I remember buying Bill Cosby cassettes at like you know Salvation mm-hmm. Army. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, uh, that's where the best ones end up. Is at the truck. Yeah, stop. yes. The best Bill Cosby and Richard Pryor albums. Sure, are yeah. They're selling for two ninety. Well, because it also and a Ray Stevens. Yeah. Record. It get like we would have this thing in in the After Collapse van. It would be like we'd listen to music and then be like, hey, right, we gotta listen to the sounds of silence for a little while because like, you can only listen to music for so long. Yeah. Right. So then we take a break, but then like usually it was actually a great story. Listening, we were driving like. This is Southwest. It was just like a night drive. Adam, the bass player, and I are up front. This was when we had an old conversion van, 1991 Chevy. So there was like, we had a, like essentially a bed in the back. It was a couch. And there was all equipment between the two of us in the front seat and then our drummer in the back seat. And we're doing like this lonely, moonlit drive across, you know, New Mexico. Adam and I are cracking up listening to Steve Martin, a wild, crazy guy. Meanwhile, our drummer in the back of the van. Oh, and that is why we don't have a drummer <laughs> yes good move um this 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 Was became common knowledge <laughs> after the fact if uh, we were doing this guys we listen to he has a podcast about that he does yes <laughs> so he's okay with it. uh he's, we yeah. almost only listen to conservative talk radio at those points for some <laughs> really? reason Jay loves listening to that. To yeah. Was this in the bush, it, bush years yeah it would keep him like awake yeah like being angry like for yeah. long drives, or we would try to find Art Bell, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, some sort of you know conspiracy theory. Yeah, sounds like you were driving at night a lot. A lot of nights for those months. <laughs> so, so what but kind? Michael, of- Mike Bell Smith from Professor Murder was mm-hmm. pretty big on that, and he, I, I remember the first time I heard Louis C.K. was on a Professor Murder tour that mm-hmm. Mike played for us. Todd Barry, Mitch Hedberg, yeah. um, Neil Hamburger. The first time I heard any of those guys was in Professor Murder because yeah. of Mike. Yeah. And uh yeah, I've just I've always I mean I've always been into comedy. I've never performed, but I have a notebook full of jokes. Yeah. You know, I just write them down and I use Twitter for a lot yeah. of that. Right. And uh I don't know. I don't I I took a I took I've taken a comedy writing class with my teacher was a former guest of the show, Jake Fogelnest. Did you take oh, it was at UCB? UCB? He, yeah, I, te- I teach uh, there as well. He didn't mention it on his during his interview. We didn't. I don't think I even knew Jake taught at some point. Mm-hmm. Sketch that was so, early on. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was writing. Yeah, yeah, it, it was writing. It was writing. But I think I did that mostly because I um, I was just looking for 
it's like I like to take classes or do like uh, I don't do yoga, but I've gone to a couple of yoga classes in mm-hmm. my life mm-hmm. just because I like to have an hour of my life that's completely separate from the rest of my life. Absolutely, right. yeah. And those classes were good for that because it was just like I didn't know anybody there. No one knew anything about me, and I yeah. could just like be in this world and then leave it. And yeah. like I didn't make any friends. Yeah, but uh, it was. You don't go to yoga to make friends. Good. I do think that there are some important lessons from like improv that I've have taken into the rest of my life. The whole saying yes to everything. Sure. Being forced to work with bad ideas and like try your best to yeah. make them decent. Except for sleeping in attics or sleeping in band lofts. Right. <laughs> there's no. There's no yes. That's an easy no. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely a, it's definitely something I'm interested in and I really admire. But other than that, I don't really know. And was that uh, your idea for for that video to have you doing the uh, stand up routine? I think so. It was my idea. <laughs> that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my idea. Yeah. It was. He did some too. He did some. Also. I did some too. Oh, but you don't see it in the video. Okay. Yeah. And is there a director's cut? I was pretty it's, good it's at in it. There. He was really good. <laughs> so you guys were actually. Really t- you guys were telling I was, jokes. I wanted terrible. him. I wanted him to do it for real. I wanted to for the a listener. If you haven't have seen the video, um, the song it's called Brothers. The song yeah. is Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're you don't hear any of the jokes, but you see you guys performing. And he talking wanted me to do it like at a comedy club. I was like, I've never done this before. There's no chance that I will be good at it. You know, yeah, and uh, and so we didn't. We just did it like to the room where they were filming it, and I was very bad. I was just sort of telling little things off of a piece of paper. Yeah, just I was trying to more like make sure I looked like I was doing comedy, sure. right? So that a lot worked. of gestures, yeah, a lot of. But it, there's no recording of it, fortunately. Oh. <laughs> but <laughs> do you remember the jokes? Uh, yeah, he has I remember, them all written down. He could bust them out yeah. for you right now. Yeah, my material. Oh, could he? <laughs> my um. <laughs> Yeah, give him one. I, uh, Just one. Well, he told us that one about the archivist. Uh, you know, talents. That's irreplaceable. funny because it's true. That's, yeah. that's not a joke. That's, <laughs> that's just reality. <laughs> Did you guys ever? There's a place in at UConn. Um, I think it's, no, it's called Semesters. It's in like the cat. We play there. We never at, did, at University of Connecticut. Yes, and what it is, it's like you're essentially playing in the cafeteria, right? And they clear all the tables out, and it's like a foot high, <laughs> a foot high stage. But there's a glowing red sign behind you that says "semesters" in like script. Yeah, and so you just it was a terrible <laughs> show. Dan, our drummer's parents, or his seventy five year old parents, right, though so it was the playing for the parents show. Oh boy! But you oh, have this was... glowing red sign. It's like playing a Chenet. Yeah. Where there's the glowing sign. So I just had to take the mic and be like, what's the deal? We're at semesters. How'd that go over? Yeah, fantastic. (laughs) That's funny. When we played at Wesley and one of my cousins who lives in Connecticut. Eclectic house. Sorry, it just popped in my brain. That's the Wesley Wesley at Fret. Sorry, go on. It's not where we played. It's not where we played. Right, okay. We played another one. But, uh... The, my cut, and this is after our album came out, and there was a story about us on NPR, and there was press, and there, things were starting to happen. And it was like the moment kind of where, like, people in my family were like, oh, this is a real thing. It's right. not a hobby that Jesse's been doing, it's a thing that exists in the world. And, uh, he was like, I saw you guys, are, I saw on your website that you guys are playing at Wesleyan. You know, we live in Stamford. You know, we, we, you know, we were thinking maybe we'd come to that show. And I had to, I didn't know how, like, I knew what the show was going to be like. Because I've done college shows before. Right. And I know it's going to be a kid from the 
dorm op, trying to figure out how to do the board right. and nothing's going to go right, but you're going to get paid and you're going to be out of there by 830, yes. right? That's right. And so, and that's exactly what it was. And it was pretty fun and all the kids had a fun time and there's a pretty good video of it on YouTube for at, the listener. At, at Wesleyan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but we'll link that. I knew that that is oh, not <laughs> how I wanted my cousin to see us play yeah. at all, oh, you know? Yes. Whatever idea he had that it was a real thing would have been shattered by seeing yes. us on this, you know, stage the size of this table. Mm-hmm. And it was a really, I had to, exp- I don't know how, I was just like, nah. He's like, I was like, it's not open to the public. <laughs> right. Like, there are no tickets for sale. It's really just for students. students only they're being students really strict only. about it. So strict. It's yeah. crazy how strict they are. <laughs> uh, so, kind of coming full circle here. Yes. The question that we ask all of our guests here mm-hmm. is for you guys. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the word gig? Ah. Is it short for something? Is it's, it? It's no. short for uh, <laughs> the Latin. Gigronimus. Uh, no. I don't it know. It should what be it is. gigantic, actually. So it's actually. not short for anything. <laughs> should it? No, yeah, it's not. Is it? Um, we should probably look I, this what's up. What's the derivation of the word? Well, the, the, it's interesting because Jesse actually used it in a non ironic context right. gigging for work. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I that's mean, that's how it's used in the music context yeah. as well. Right. Uh, but you guys come from like the same world of it wasn't a gig, it was a show. I'm now more into using the word gig. Really? Yeah. You embrace it. We I don't embrace know. it, but sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's a gig. Like sometimes yeah. you know it's a gig. Like, the Wesleyan show was kind of a gig. That well, I don't the know. The Wesleyan show was it was a show. That was a yeah. it was on a tour. All right. It was, yeah. It's a college show. Yeah. You know, it's a college gig. Right. But I heard you guys talking about it. I also now use rehearse instead of practice. Yeah, we don't say practice. Oh, I really? say rehearse. No, I, 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 yeah, no, I agree with you. Practice is like a, it, it seems very punk. Practice very, is. It, it very 20s. You rehearse. I think it's, I have for me, it's about. For bands rehearsing <laughs> for sketches. Once you crack yeah. uh, 10,000 hours, yeah, you're rehearsing. There you go. And, yeah, it, to me, it's, uh, it's more just taking it more seriously as like a profession, I think. Mm. In my head, it's like if I'm putting this much time into it, and if at this point my life, it's it's a big part of my livelihood. I wanted to, I want to, I don't know. I, to me, it's I I, I use a rehearse because practicing, I don't know. It makes it it make rehearsing just feels like a more this pride. Thing. You're, you're wearing know. a collared it's, shirt. You're pr- you got right. pride in the work. It's a you're little rehearsing. bit of that. It, it, I mean, it's a little more real. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's definitely, I've definitely been saying it more and I've been, I think I've been consciously saying it more too. I like the, I, well, I like, I mean, this is a unique it's not take on yeah. it. No, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a take that we haven't really explored. But I do draw I like. the line at gig because I think once you start thinking of them as gigs, it means you don't really give a shit. It's just right. a job. And it's like, I don't want to think of the shows as that because yeah. I do think that even the worst show for us or whatever, it can still be a meaningful experience for a handful of people who are there. Right. And they don't want you, they don't want, it's not going to be as meaningful if they think you don't give a shit about it. No. So. Look at it. We got the positive spin. I know. PMA Insp- right at the Let end. him go. Insp- <laughs> no, I'm not going to say anything negative. No, that's Party. what I mean. I mean, I want to oh. hear you. <laughs> Let this out. Oh, so I was just <laughs> thinking of. I was just thinking of this Dave Brubeck interview we heard when he was. I don't know how oh, old boy, he was. Oh boy, here we go. Old. And he, and he, <laughs> he, he was, wait, no, he was, for this one. Yeah. 
Those guys refer to gigs as jobs. Right. Right? Oh, right. oh we're doing a job upstate. Yeah. Right. You know. I like so it's that. not a uh, jazz boat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, you guys. are doing a job. I mean, you guys are living the dream now. The way you guys are doing stuff, you got it. You got the two of you and you occasionally. Patrick, <laughs> you. But, I mean, you've streamlined it to a point where you're you're doing what you want to be doing. You know, I, I love the idea of just playing select shows because you can. Mm. You don't necessarily have to devote a whole month to schlepping around the country. And you guys aren't even really schlepping because you got the, the it's suburban. Still schlepping. Well, we're, it's still We have gold, we have gold status. Listen, you guys got the fire miles. There's things coming up. Maybe it's this next couple of weeks are uh, fairly quiet. But you got places to go. People to see eventually. We're booked out. You're booked out, and the only thing uh, I just want to le- <laughs> what? <laughs> That's it. I All love I want to say, I just want the parting words. Those three, the three final words of the show. Get them, get them, same, same, same. You did it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Worst gig ever. ever, 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 ever.